all the time. W-E-B-Y, Milton, Pensacola. underway as we recap rounds one through three up to this point also Aaron Rodgers is he leaving the Green Bay Packers and Today at Churchill Downs, just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. May not be fully packed like it normally is, but we're going to have a fantastic race nonetheless. This is Sports Call. Welcome to Saturday, everybody. We made it. We made it. It is a pretty decent weather on Saturday, I'd say so. We're starting it's all right. It's starting, the weather's starting to kick up a little bit, you know. It's, it's getting to beach season now. Yeah, if you want to yeah. go to the beach today, it... it probably be a good day yeah like, it might be a little cloudy but it's not gonna rain a little on cloudy you. but you know it's be, be around 75 80 so you know pretty solid day we made it uh we've made it three rounds to this draft as well uh also have a phone caller calling in right now as well so i like it let's go ahead and take the call we're already taking phone calls caller what is your name caller what is your name Hey, welcome to Sports Call. You are on air. What's your name? All right, looks like we lost our phone call. You know, we haven't actually had a call in a long time, no. so I'm thinking, wow, two minutes into the show and we already have a caller? This is like we even unprecedented. Say the number, but it I mean, might have we, just been a wrong call. Imagine having a wrong phone call, like dial the wrong number, and you get put on the radio. Yeah, you're on a radio station. Like, that's... That's like on. That's a, the, the definition of being thrown onto the spot. And then imagine you also have a fear of public speaking as well. Like that'd be tough. Yeah, like just completely frozen. Yep. Well, that's all good. And that's actually a reminder. This is a call-in show. We don't normally take call. We don't always get calls. I should say we get texts. Uh, we we definitely have guests that come on. But if you do want to call in, chime in with your uh, own opinions. Feel free. In fact, we're actually about to dive into the NFL draft, but that phone number is 623-1330, 850-623-1330. You can call or text that number. Also, we have a really cool Mother's Day promotion that I'm going to dive into here in a little bit, but Justin, we got to go ahead and get into the NFL draft. Round three, or round four, I should say, is getting underway. Rounds two and three were pretty entertaining in itself, but we have to start with round one where there was no surprise whatsoever that Trevor Lawrence went number one overall. And then you had Zach Wilson. No surprise. Going number two to the Jets. But number three, I want to get into Trey Lance because I just have now not that, been bought into Trey Lance. No. I thought he was going to be a first-rounder. I didn't think he was going to be a top-ten player at all. Like when you, when you and me and Chris were doing the mock drafts last week, I had Trey Lance going, I think, 19 to the Washington football team. I was dead wrong. He went number three overall. And I'm just, I, I'm just saying, I don't, I, 49ers, 
you clearly see something I don't see. I see a lot of inaccurate throws. I think that this is a guy that probably should not start right away. Although, if you're going to draft him third overall, he probably is going to start at some point. Um, let's see. Uh, Roger Goodell stepping on the stage to get the first pick of the draft of round four for the last day. Uh, he's not even in a suit this day. He's actually just wearing a sweater and jeans i think that's what he's wearing yeah, so, you like know the, the weekend is all casual yeah it's, it's very casual i mean look down right there i mean he's just wearing a sweater but i will say this is that that pick threw off the entire rhythm and tempo that everyone had going to the draft because mac jones was the favorite for the 49ers and then you also had the dolphins with a surprise pick but not really a surprise pick uh picking up Jalen waddle uh the Bengals going with jamar chase instead of uh suel uh and then also the Lions began so well instead of Devontae Smith. So it kind of threw off things in a large margin. Um, you know, you don't see a surprise when Micah Parsons gets picked up by the Cowboys. You don't see that as a surprise. But I was very happy seeing that the 49ers didn't pick up Trey Lance because I'm like, okay, I don't think the Broncos are going to chase after a quarterback here. The Bears, they traded up. And it was like, oh, no, maybe. But they went for Justin Fields instead. I was very happy with the Patriots pick because Mac Jones wasn't supposed to be anywhere near us when we got down to that, to our pick. So we were really happy about that. Uh, but, yeah, that pick for Trey Lance, that kind of threw off. I think it threw off the rhythm of the draft more than anything because yeah. we knew one and two was dead set. It was Lawrence and Wilson. That was what it was going to be. And then it went to Trey Lance. And it wasn't a surprise. And Kyle Pitts going to Falcons, we weren't surprised about that either. And then it, we knew it would either go one or two ways for the Bengals, Jamar Chase or Penelope Well. Uh, so, you know, it, it was still a really good draft overall. Um, I will say this. One pick that was questionable was Travis Etienne to the Jaguars. Um, I know you didn't like that. Pick. I didn't like that. You didn't pick. like that pick at all. Um, it was just, um, I don't see why. I mean, yeah, I see it's good to have two running backs. But the thing is, you could have gotten a good receiver. I mean, because you still had uh, Trevon Morig, who was available because you do need you do need a safety. And you also had Elijah Moore. He was available as well, who was those guys were the were two and three for best available left in the draft at that point. And they both played positions of needs that were on the Jaguars roster. They didn't need another running back. They literally had the best rookie running back last year. So I didn't agree with that pick. Um, but once again, I mean, Travis Etienne, he's, he's going to be a great pickup. You know, I will say that. But it was more of a why. You know, it's kind of like, why did you go after that running back knowing you already had a star running back? I mean, it's still going to be a good pick. I think Travis Etienne has a bright future in, the, in this year uh, and then also his career. Hey, he's, I don't think he'll be a bust. I don't think he'll be like a superstar player, but I think he'll be pretty good. Um, but yeah, that, that threw e, me off. And Etienne can do a lot. You know, yeah. he has chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Which is, two, which is why, I mean, everyone loved the pick so much. It's like, oh yeah, they play college, but that's why everyone loved Jamar Chase over the Bengals so much. Oh yeah, him and, uh, you know, uh, Joe Burrow, they played together for so long. And then you got Trevor Lawrence and then Travis Etienne. Yeah, they were, they grew up in the same backfield together. They ran the ball together all the time. So, you know, they're used to it and their chemistry's there. But the thing is, James Robinson's a guy, man. Like, there's no doubt about well, he, it. Well, he can still be the guy. There are plenty of teams who run that two running back system yeah. and they manage just to make it work. And But ETN is very versatile. So is James Robinson. I think that that one-two punch is going to be a very effective duo for Jacksonville. I'm not really hating on the pick that much, although... I'm going, I, but I'm, I, I, if you're going to draft a number one pick, I hope you have a guy that's there in line, ready to protect that number one overall pick, something that the Cincinnati Bengals have not done very well at. And with the Bengals taking Jamar Chase number one over uh, with their first pick, my first response, okay, I get it. That was his top receiver back at LSU. That duo was unstoppable. They played really well together. But 
he needs to have time to be able to throw it to Jamar Chase. He was, as a rookie, sacked more than any other quarterback in the league, and that last one ended his year and might even take him into next season. But he, There's a possibility he won't be ready yet. So taking Jamar Chase, I understand he's a top-tier talent. He was there for the taking, and he was teammates with Joe Burrow. And your mindset, I'm sure, is, all right, we're going to take Jamar Chase now, and then we can try and build the offensive line. Then we can try and give it to him. But we need to have him, we need to give him weapons to throw to. And they have some weapons now. They do have some weapons, including Jamar Chase. So Burrow has people to throw to. He just needs to be able to stay vertical, and that's just it. He have they have not been able to do that for him. And if he suffers another devastating knee injury, like come on, like his career could uh, will, be ending way too this, soon. They did get a good pick in the second round, Jackson Carmen. Uh, Clemson. He, he's he's a good one, but still, you missed out on what would what was going to be the best one uh, that for your available pick at the time. Uh, then you know there's still a, a pretty good guys that were still left when it came to the offensive linemen. But you know, I, I I will say this, Jackson Jackson Carmen. You know, Clemson's known for building great O linemen. You know, I will say this, uh, Oregon. Yeah, they had one really good, you know, left tackle with Panay. Yeah, Panay Sewell. Um, and I will also say this. Rashawn Slater, I think, is probably the best lineman that got picked up out of any, any lineman. Uh, that dude is an absolute beast. Uh, he played against some really tough D lines in the Big Ten. Um, you know, Oregon isn't really known to have great defenses and great pass rush. Uh, the Big Ten does. I mean, if you look back when Slater was faced up against Chase Young, when they played against each other, when Ohio State and Northwestern played against each other, Chase Young didn't do anything. Chase Young was putting a body back all game. If you look at the highlights of that game, Rashawn Slater locked him up all night long. And that's what's so impressive is, you know, that guy literally went number two. He was also probably the best defensive player when it came to rookies this year by anyone. And he's going to have a great career going forward, going off what we saw last season for his first season of Washington. He's going to have a great career. And Rashawn Slater absolutely locked him up like there was no like no tomorrow. I want to go back to Trey Lance, just a brief moment, and say that it was a very classy move that Jimmy Garoppolo who, as far as we know, is still going to be a 49er at the beginning of the year, texted Trey Lance, who's one of the first people to reach out to him, and said, hey, man, like let's do this. So I thought that was a very classy move that he reached out to him, wished him luck, and, you know, it's time to get to work. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, I know that there's another spot out there for him to be a starting quarterback. He is a great quarterback. Here's the issue. He's constantly injured. Yes. The one year where he was not injured as a starting quarterback he led the team to the Super Bowl. Last year, he was dealing with injuries. The year before that, before the Super Bowl, I should say, he was dealing with injuries. When he was the starter of the Patriots while Tom Brady was suspended, he was undefeated, and then he got injured. So he needs to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he is going to lead teams to the playoffs. I'm not going to go as far as to say back to the Super Bowl. It very much could happen. He's a quarterback that is capable of doing that, and it looks like the Jaguars are submitting a pick. They've already done hope, it. I would hope they go with Tylen Wallace. And if you don't know who Tylen Wallace is, well, he was a very significant big tw- – like, one, Tylen Wallace is number three for best available. Jaguars have two needs right now that they still have on, that haven't been filled. The tight end position, the wide receiver position. Tylen Wallace is a good receiver. I watched him play a lot of his games. Uh, when he's, he's being thrown to by Spencer Sanders over at Oklahoma State, he was a very good receiver. So I would go with Tylen Wallace here. But we're in rounds four through seven. You really don't know where teams are going to go. But I will say Tylen Wallace, that, he's 
actually is a yeah. very solid pickup. These are fun do. because a lot of times they won't even highlight too many of the players because they're just kind of running on through mm-hmm. these picks. They, they go by really fast. Now, I, and some of these players could be the next Hall of Fame mm-hmm. player, and we just kind of skimmed over them. Well, I mean, it's kind of the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it, the reason why that um, these these players are so like looked over through is because they don't usually have great success, but the thing is, they still can. Look at Julian Edelman. Look at Tom Brady. These guys are future Hall of Famers. Jay uh, Tufle, uh, Tuf- Tufel? He's a, he's a defensive tackle out of USC. He opted out of last year, so we didn't get to really see anything out of him. But the, the, So the Jacksonville Jaguars are going for a defensive tackle. Actually, I'm, I'm a big supporter of that. And as a matter of fact, I thought that their second pick in the first round was probably either going to be an offensive lineman or a defensive tackle. So they go for defensive tackle now, here. Do you know who else is still available? Well, the Jets right now, they've only blocked off two things on their list. They blocked off a quarterback and they blocked off an offensive guard. They still need a running back, cornerback, and defensive end. They did both those in the first round, I should add. They got a, They did get a, a really good receiver out of Elijah Moore. They did. I, they, didn't I, I was, a, they didn't need a receiver. Yeah, but even. that was a really solid pickup. Oh, I'm not, gonna, I'm not denying really, that. I, I, Elijah I Moore, like it. Elijah him, Moore, going into this year, was looked at as the favorite for best for best receiver in the SEC. And he, his stats said it. Other than the Devontae Smith, he had the best stats. Um, now, I will say this. They go for a running back here. The best available one is Michael Carter out of Navarre. So that'd be cool to see him get picked up. You know, He will, and he'll probably be a oh, fourth rounder. He'll for be sure. a fourth he's, rounder or fifth, no doubt he, about he's it. He's currently listed as one of the top players available in in the draft. Right now, number one best available up to this point, Jamie Newman, who was out of Wake Forest. And actually, people, when they show, technically he transferred to Georgia. He was supposed to be the starting quarterback at Georgia, and then he opted out so he could focus on the NFL draft. And, I've, and I, I'm not going to knock on somebody for t- for opting out so they could focus on their career. I'm really not. But it's kind of funny that players are opting out, but yet they haven't been drafted yet up to this point. Yep. So, And I say that because if you're going to opt out, it's because you know you're about to be a first-round pick. In, Trevor Lawrence knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. So did, uh, and, uh, in fact, it was sort of competition between him and Justin uh, Fields. But those two players wanted to play college football more than anybody, yeah. and they decided to play their what was going to be their last year. They didn't want to opt out, so they played and they went in the first round, which was what I would expect out of somebody who does decide to opt out to do, like. Jamar Chase. And so you have guys like Jamie Newman who still haven't been taken off the board yet who did opt out. And when they do, when he does get drafted, because he will get drafted at some point, they're going to say out of Wake Forest because he never did play at Georgia. But it's, but I guess it's a little humorous to me how, how this goes. I don't know if you're giving yourself way too much credit. Maybe you received some bad advice. Or this is this really is the right thing to do. Keep in mind, Dak Prescott got drafted in the fourth round, so perhaps this was the there right thing is. for you Michael to do. Michael Carter out of our high school, picked up from North Carolina. He'll be going to the New York Jets. Oh, wow. Actually, they're just saying actually, Michael Carter, Carter out of Duke. No, no, no. Well, no. Okay, well, on the board, it says Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Okay, we're showing they're showing two different Michael Carters. There's right two now. Michael Carters. So they drafted. They're showing. They're, the one, showing, they're showing highlights. They're showing highlights of the Duke player, but on the board it says Michael Carter out of North Carolina. So which one is it, ESPN? It's, okay, it's ours. It's North- ours. There he is. All right. Well, congratulations to Navarre's Michael Carter. He just got drafted in the with the second pick of the fourth round, and he is going to the New York Jets. And Justin, you called it. Yep. You said that they needed to address the running back situation. And I will say this: that that I would have hated to be at that party, or just like you're watching the draft, and like they just show highlights of that ops, uh, a completely of another a, person, a completely different person. Oh. But Michael Carter, this guy, 
third team all he was in 2019 third team all ACC which is still very impressive he's very shifty we watched him I watched him play in high school and this guy he can he just has such great moves and only five seven only five not seven. a big guy but doesn't need to be doesn't need to be yeah that's, 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 that's the running back position man and that's what they're showing this highlight right here on wheel routes and just little just slants over the middle I mean he is great I mean, he has really good hands yeah, and that's what's so great about it. He's, he's very, in my opinion, significant to James White because James White, who's very versatile, you know, he's someone who's you're going to see him step out the backfield a lot and he's going to go out for a catch. You know, we see that a lot with him. Um, and FBS rank uh, in 2020, he was in four for all rushing yards, rushing for contact. He was fourth as well. And then yards per rush, he averaged eight per rush. He was fifth as well, which those are really solid stats. And for, for him going in the fourth round, hey, that's a really good pickup by them. I'll say that. So speaking of local guys, though, I do want to go back to Alex Leatherwood Correct. getting drafted. A little bit of a surprise, I will say. I don't. I, I, Justin, you thought he was going to go first round. Chris thought he was going to go first round. I had him going early second round. He was left off my first round board, but he ended up going middle of the pack, number 17 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, it, I think many people thought this was a little bit of a surprise that he went as soon as he did. Other people thought it went exactly the way it should. Some people are disappointed that he went to the Raiders because he probably deserved a little bit better treatment than that. But he is nonetheless a very, very talented football player on the offensive line. He's the best interior lineman that you could have picked in this draft. And also, one thing that I think is constantly overlooked is that in school, I believe you and the grades that you have in school really play a big part in your success in the NFL. How smart are you? You could be football smart Mm -hmm. and not be that book smart, but you can be football smart and still have it because something clicks when it comes to football, but maybe a textbook doesn't. But he just he's one of those guys that has both. He's really he's really smart at the game of football. He's really smart when it comes to being in school. And I think when you combine those two, you can be a really successful football player. You make smart decisions. You're able to read a defense. You can make the key blocks that you need to make. And Alex Leatherwood is going to be a success in the NFL. And the Raiders saw that. And he they took him when they took him, and I'm happy they did. And also, shout out to ESPN for kind of highlighting Pensacola I know, Beach. That was so cool. We got to see Pensacola Beach, Florida. Yeah, that's where he was doing his part, his draft watch party at, which that was really cool to see. You know, And that's all of Alabama. You still had two guys go late, uh, I mean, early first, uh, early second uh, with Christian Barmore and then also um, Landon Dickerson, who, you know, I thought Dickerson, he has both those guys, you know, they're, they're, they're AP first team All-Americans. I mean, like, let's be real. These guys, they could have been first rounders and they would have held up to their name and apart just as much as the other guy. Um, but I will say this, Alex Leatherwood, that was a really cool moment getting to see him, especially because, like, he went to high high school 10 minutes from where we are right now yeah so it's pretty cool getting to see that uh, another guy who got picked up a local guy well i wouldn't really call and it's close to here um uh, from choctaw richie grant got picked second round um actually played he went he ran track with uh uh brent's boyfriend cooper actually over at choctaw you know he he was a really good safety as well so i watched him play a little bit in high school and then watching him play at ucf he was really good as well but yeah he got picked up in the second round by the falcons when do you think a UWF football player would get drafted or assigned to an NFL team? Now, there has actually been a, an, a, a UWF player that did sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a part of their inaugural team, and for, his name is blanking from me. If somebody knows the answer, if they want to call or text and let us know. But uh, the, UWF did have a guy sign in the NFL, although he did eventually get cut. But never anyone drafted 
I don't think it's going to happen this year, although we did have the national championship team. Unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think we're due in the future. Not many Division II players do get drafted, period. Well, Lenore Ryan's had one in the second round drafted by the Patriots last year. So That, that is true. Yeah, and so <laughs> we and we kind of burned that guy a little bit, you know, Yeah, take that. But he was still actually a very talented player when he – I mean, he was someone who, if you're Austin Reed, you know, he gives him credit. You know, he put, kind of puts a – big block on the field because you know you don't really want to throw in the area that he was in because yeah. of just how He's good able to read. he was um this draft uh, any other picks that were kind of a surprise to you really well in the first round I, i'm i was being a bucks fan i was a little surprised that they went for joe tryon uh going for an out an inside linebacker um or maybe even out i think he was an inside linebacker to go for an inside linebacker when I didn't think we needed to address the linebacker core There's right not now. not much this team really needs to address, though, because you re- know, they could They could address the offensive line. Starters. And that's just it. The Buccaneers, we, we returned the entire Super Bowl winning team. We are the first modern era team to return a Super Bowl team, all 22 starters. We are the first team to ever do that. And when it, came, when it comes to the draft, to take an inside linebacker, I thought was... A need they didn't have to address. I was really thinking they were going to go like Landon Dickerson, someone who could uh, like a center or maybe maybe an offensive tackle, just some something to help protect your. I would I'm cautiously cautiously saying aging quarterback because Brady is 43. He's going to be 44 when he starts taking snaps next year. But the Buccaneers, I thought, made a fantastic pick. In the third round or second round, actually, second round. Last who did they round. who did they pick? We'll talk about that after the break because I'm very excited about this. This is Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 13:30 a.m. and 99.1 FM. Call at 1330 a.m. and 99.1 FM. This is Sports Call with Davis and Justin. And coming up here in about eight minutes, we have the voice of the UWF Argos. Will Kennedy will be joining us here to discuss some UWF baseball, softball, upcoming football season, you name it. Just anything that's going on over at UWF, Will Kennedy is the guy for that. But before we went to our break, I had mentioned that the Buccaneers made a big pickup, a pickup that I am very, very happy about. And... They're looking ahead to possibly could be the heir to Tom Brady, and they're going after Kyle Trask out of the University of Florida. Something I, So I had mentioned early on, I originally thought the Chicago Bears were not going to take Justin Fields and wait till later on and maybe go for Kyle Trask then. And Todd McShay actually thought the same thing in one of his mock drafts. Um, but I, early on, I thought, you know, I think the Bucks taking a guy like Kyle Trask and having him sit behind him for like a year or two, it just depends on how long Brady wants to continue to play quarterback, at least for the Bucks. You know, I thought Trask might be a good candidate. Well, sure enough, here we are, and the Bucks with their second-round pick, they do take Kyle Trask. I was a little surprised because looking at other mock drafts, it just looked like Kyle Trask might be falling to the third round. Well, he, he ended up being the only quarterback taken. Or no, Kellen Mond, sorry. Kellen Mond was taken in the second round. Or no, he's taken in the third round. Mm-hmm, Kellen, Kellen Mond was taken in the third round. But yeah, Kyle Trask was the only quarterback taken in the second round going to the Buccaneers. He's going to sit behind Brady, learn about that. I mean, come on, what better situation would you want? But also taking Trask with the second round pick tells me that that is exactly what they are hoping is that Trask can be that heir apparent to Tom Brady. 
Which I will say this: when I mean, we've seen Brady make some pretty solid quarterbacks, I mean, we saw Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, just to name a few, who all played under him, and they turned out to be quarterbacks. Like they're still in the league; they're still playing. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the Patriots want him back bad. I mean, we want him back bad, man. But they don't want to trade him away, which is like okay, that's fine. And now Mac Jones is with the Patriots, so which I think is, that's it's, which it's it's also it's it's another great situation. We're like that it's great. Mac Jones won't be day one starter though. I mean we know that. That's Cam. yeah, that's expected. That's fine. Um, you know him and Jared Stidham, they're going to battle out for the backup spot, and I uh, I'm pretty sure Mac Jones will win. Even though when they did face each other, you know Jared Stidham did come off on top in the Iron Bowl the last time that they faced against each other. Um, it's uh it's interesting to see that Mac Jones is going to be the Patriots. I mean, I wanted him out of all the quarterbacks that I'm preferably you, know, you want Trevor Lawrence. Everyone wants Trevor Lawrence, but for reasonable picks, I wanted Mac Jones. And so, you know, seeing him get to go there is pretty cool. But Kyle, going back to Kyle Trask, that means when I buy Madden next, I'm going to have Kyle Trask on my roster. This is a good day. Yeah, you'll have the uh, 62 overall Kyle Trask probably. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like, I will I will obviously play with Brady as my quarterback, but then every now and then maybe slip in Kyle Trask. Let him get a couple of reps. Put it in dynasty mode perhaps. Let Build my team. Brady at or, some point would have to retire, and that means Trask then takes over. So my fantasy world just, just to be really exciting. This is, a, this is a good time. This is a good time right now for, for being a Bucks fan. It is a good time. Well, it's also going to be a good time is this phone call we're about to go on with, with Will Kennedy here. Coming up here in about three minutes or so. You get to take a break right now? Let's go ahead. Let's, let's get, let's get Will on the phone. Uh, I'll get Will on the phone. You're listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 991 FM. Getting a sports call with Davis and Justin on ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 AM, 991-FM, and a very familiar voice to the station, a very good friend to the station as well. The voice of UWF Athletics, Will Kennedy, joins the show. Will, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Exciting Saturday. There's a ton going on on campus. Yeah, we had a big win yesterday for baseball as they uh, be number number two in the country, Lee, 7-2. That's a big win. I know we've been looking forward to this series all year long because Lee has just been up in the rankings pretty much all season long. And, you know, we have these last two games going on this weekend. Softball, they start their series versus Lee today as well. Um, pretty pretty big going and getting ready to wrap up the season here because it's probably our biggest series of the year yet. And we're starting off with a W. Yeah, and you get this series right before the Gulf South Conference Tournament, which starts up next weekend and kind of rolls through with baseball through the weekend and into that next week. And so, yeah, you get a test of where are you, where's your team, you know, kind of are you as good as your rankings? And, of course, West Florida in the top ten in the country as well. Second in the conference, the Argos. Lee, the Flames are number one. So really kind of who comes out of this series takes that momentum into the conference tournament. And the other big thing, Justin, is that the winner of this series – really puts himself in the driver's seat to host the regional tournament after the Gulf South Conference tournament. Right now in the region, it's Lee number one, West Florida number two, and then Tampa number three. So the winner of this series may well host that regional tournament. Now, do you know what Lee's conference record is? Because, like, would UWF, if they do beat Lee, because I'm pretty sure it's still done by record, correct? Even if UWF does end up beating Lee, like, it's still done by who has the best record of the conference, wins the wins. For for the Gulf South Conference tournament, yes, but not necessarily for the regional tournament. They'll take into account, you know, opponents, where you played, 
Um, you know, are you stronger late in the season as opposed to earlier in the season? Of course, Lee came into last night 32-4, and 32-5 now. But, you know, it's kind of the situation where I talked to Coach Mike Jeffcoat after the game, and, you know, the, the prevailing thought around the rest of the conference was, is, yeah, Lee's leading the conference, but they haven't played West Florida yet, and now they're playing at West Florida in Pensacola at Jim Spooner Field, and that the road kind of runs through there. So, you know, to – to be the conference champs, and they probably will go to the Gulf South Conference Tournament, the number one seed, when we talk about league. But what's their mentality if they come in here, and let's just say they lose the series or get swept if the Argos can pull off two wins today. Last night was like vintage University of West Florida baseball. Timely hitting, really good pitching from Evan Floyd, the local product from Catholic High School, went seven strong innings. Brandon Case came in and shut the game down at the end. So you get that local connection on the mound, and then really great defense for the Argos. Lee really, really did not look stable last night defensively, especially errors, pass balls, all that kind of stuff really yeah, hurt the players. I'm reading that now. They had three errors come from their fielding perspective. UWF didn't have any, which is really good to see as well. Uh, good to see uh, True Fontenot, the redshirt freshman. He went three for four last night with a stolen base. That was pretty good to see from coming from him as well. Um, you know, a couple doubles from Jason Roberts and Justin Dunham. You know, Roberts, he, seeing him back to his stride, that's also always good to see. This part of this lineup, man, I mean, it's um, – there really isn't a weak spot because we've seen all these guys have big hits and seen them have just have a good game here and there. So, you know, it just depends on who's feeling it here and who's feeling it there. You know, that's what's really good about this UWF lineup. It makes it so tough for them to really come in there and just be, be or stop, you know. And also, like you said, with Evan Floyd, you know, pitching a really good game as well. Uh, seven, seven innings, only three hits allowed. That's exactly what you need from your ace going into, you know, Saturday, you know, because we have a doubleheader of the day. So, you know, it's great to see your ace come off on a Friday night and just say, all right, I'm going to shut him down and get us, get us out and early and hopefully get a serious win today. Yeah, the Lee starter did not do a bad job last night. It really was the defense that hurt him. But Lee and their coach, Coach Brew, had to go to the bullpen relatively early and use, I think, four pitchers total in the game. So that's, that's not what you want in game one of the series. If you're Coach Mike Jeffcoat, the other side of the coin, you threw two guys. I think Case only threw 17 or 18 pitches. None of those were under pressure. He didn't let anybody on base. So he's good to go again today. So now you've got it set up. You've got Ryan Brewer, who's back from some arm troubles. And then you've got Tyler Dowdy available to pitch. So two starters that you want. Your bullpen is locked and loaded, ready to go. And what's weird is the Argos had a 13-day layoff. And Coach Jeffco told me, he said, I've never had anything like that in my coaching career. And the, just the, the quirks of the season and you know, inability to schedule non-conference games and those kind of things. So they had this layoff. And I think it impacted the last time out before last night for Evan Floyd. He didn't have a good outing probably his worst of the year, but he looked sharp. He looked rested, had good velocity into the seventh inning, really looked strong last night. So I think that layoff may help this team. And then you mentioned some of the bats. I mean, we know Dylan Manhattan's going to hit. We know Colin O'Shea. We know Adam and Wally. But you've been trying to get some of these other guys to light the fire a little bit. We saw that with True Fontenot last night, that three for four hitting out of the nine hole. He basically got those opportunities two or three times to come up and lead off an inning so to speak, and get on base and then you know, score runs, drive-in runs, good on the base paths. It was good to see Jason Roberts, who got off to such a hot start at one point this season. You knew he'd cool off. He did, but he's starting to pick back up. And then you've got to get guys like Justin Dunham, who had a big double down the line at one point, drove in some runs, and really Matt Estrada, the other guy, the Catholic product as well, the local guy who's been all-conference, you know, he's been all-American type guy. 
just hadn't been getting the hits. Now, he hit the ball well last night off the bat, but right at defenders. A line drive to shortstop, a rope to center field, just happened to be in the wrong spot. So we'd like to see Maddie get going a little bit today. And that's what you want going into the GSC tournament to kind of be clicking and hitting on all cylinders. I mean, what's so significant, though, is I think maybe in the starting lineup, you know, because one guy, I think Trufano, you know, there he was at one point because he got in such a hot start against Delta State and the Mississippi College. You know, he was hitting so strong. They had him as the leadoff in the number two hole as well. And so seeing him get back to that regular stride, that's really good to see as well. Matthew Estrada, you know, he's been up and down all season. He hasn't been a guy who hits a lot of long balls, but, you know, he's a guy who's he usually makes good contact. He's still hitting 272, but the rest of the starting lineup, I mean, Everyone pretty much is hitting over 300, which is really, really good going into next weekend. And just knowing that you made it through a whole regular season with these kinds of stats, it's really good to see. You love seeing that. And then, you know, of course, Dillman hit it with his eight home runs and Colin O'Shea with six. I mean, there's, there's power in this team that wasn't shown a lot in the beginning of the season, but they clearly found their stride towards these last couple games and during that that away stand that they had for those couple weeks as well. So, you know, it's been really significant uh, with this team, and hopefully they come in today and they win the series versus Lee because, like you said, just winning this series over Lee, who is number one in the GSC, it's it's big. Um, but going, so it, it would be huge. Yeah. It'd be you know huge momentum builder, which is what you wanted. And even last night in that game, you, you had two runs late in the eighth inning that made it seven to two, and you're just kind of like, let's close this game out. Let's not give Lee anything. Let's not let them scratch a run on the board. You know, kind of even if they're they're going to lose, feel like they're getting back in it. And they did a great job of controlling momentum, start to finish. And today's series will be big too. You mentioned you know that Argos lineup top to bottom. Same for Lee. I mean, you look at the numbers; they jump off the page. Uh, they've got guys that can really hit the ball. And the Argo pitching staff, Floyd and Case, last night did a fantastic job of limiting the damage. Lee scored in the first inning, led off with a first-pitch single, got that run home, then had a solo home run later. But the Argos keeping guys off the bases, not walking guys, you know, not making mistakes, and really you know, limiting what the opportunities that Lee had. And what I liked last night, Justin, was to see a team with 11 hits, 7 runs, super efficient, didn't leave guys on base, just did a nice job of getting runs around in whatever way they had to get them around. So look look for that again today. But you're going to see an ace go out there for Lee to pitch here in the first game, I think. I think he's scheduled to pitch in game one. He could throw in the mid-90s. You know, this is a major league-type prospect, so the Argos are going to have to be on their game for that one. But you want a sweep, you'll take two or three. The pressure's squarely on Lee now in this series after losing game one, and that's that's right where you want to have the Flames. I will say this. Though, I'm looking over the, some of these stats, and uh, uh, when it comes to home runs, uh, Lee has Ryan Beamish, I think is how you say his name, who leads the <laughs> Golf South Conference. He has 18, which I saw that stat. That, that That's really surprising. And then they also have a kid in Landon Silver who has 10 on the year. He's tied for fourth for home runs in the GSC as well. So, you know, these guys, they, they didn't hit one out last night. I know Justin Freeman, he hit one out last night. But, you know, watch out for those guys because clear, clearly they, they, got, they got some bats to these guys that just maybe just weren't there last night. But so seeing that now, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Beamish hit a ball hard or two, but they just didn't give. They didn't let him get his arms extended. That's great pitching. Did a great job of you know keeping him away from his power. But yeah, you talk about 18 home runs, 61 RBIs coming into the game last night. If not for Beamish, Dylan Hennett might be the Gulf South Conference Player of the Year. But it's going to be hard for I think the folks that vote on that to overlook the home runs and the, and the RBIs in, in 36 games that well, that kid put up. Dylan, uh, Dan Oberst of West Georgia, he's pretty good too because he's hit 420 and then also has. Oh, yeah. He has seven hey, there, doubles, there, five, 
seven doubles, five triples, and 49 RBIs, and uh, 16 home runs. I mean, he's he's clearly an all-around type of player when it comes to his power. So T- tons of talent in this conference. I mean, you know, this is as good as Division Two baseball gets, and so that'll be huge. And then you turn around with softball, and you've got you know this Argos team that is sitting fourth right now for Coach Ashley McLean. Final series against Lee. They could finish as high as third in the conference standings and then get that opportunity to go to Oxford, Alabama and play in the, in the GSC tournament. And I think really, you know, you know Valdosta is very good and we know West Georgia is very good. We know who the top teams Huntsville on the softball side of it, but it really is kind of wide open. Even the series that we've lost this year with softball have been, the games have been close. The margins have been thin and Coach McLean and company will tell you, you know, a little bit better pitching, a little bit better hitting, and we win those series instead of losing them. So, you know, it'll be good. It's senior day today. You're going to have baseball do theirs right before the first game at 1 o'clock. Both teams start at 1, doubleheaders. And then softball will do theirs following their second game with a doubleheader today. So great opportunity. And I think what was really cool, Justin, is we had a graduation ceremony for student-athletes who are still competing and won't be able to do the, the university graduation eighth because they'll be playing in in their different sports and there were 11 baseball players including names that we've just ticked off most of them in wally manhennet estrada etc softball jacqueline poling kelsey sweat mika garcia there were seven softball players really cool to see them get their opportunity to have their ceremony with the president and the deans of the colleges there they did that yesterday so they roll into the weekend Softball's looking at the GSC tournament both teams head in there and then we've got tennis is going to host a regional tournament next weekend coming up here on the campus of the University of West Florida, both the men's and women's in the top, you know, three in the region, ranked in the nation in the top ten, so that'll be huge. And then how about men's golf? Number one in the nation, heading down to play the Gulf South Conference champions, heading down to play in the regional tournament in a in a place called Bowling Green, Florida. You have to look that up on the map because I had to I had to find it as well myself. And then Solange Gomez from our women's golf team as a single qualified for the regional tournament should go up to Tennessee and play in that as well. So, I mean, just so much going on and it's going to stay busy for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, you go, I wanted to also ask, so you said that we had a lot of these athletes graduate now. It doesn't mean that all of them are done when it comes to their athletic career. Correct. Cause I'm pretty sure there's a couple of those guys you named off that should have another year of eligibility. Right. And there's yeah, some of the softball players too, et cetera. Um, Matt Estrada graduated, for example, yesterday, but he's a redshirt junior, yeah, so yeah. he still has a year of eligibility left. And, and COVID has changed that dynamic. Everybody gets, you know, an, an extra year from last year. So you've got guys, and, you know, many of them will come back and play. They'll start graduate school, although we've had a couple athletes that have, are graduated from graduate school and still have eligibility. So do the math on that. It just means, you know, you get a redshirt year medically, you get an extra COVID year, and you got guys that are and gals that are hanging around six years, et cetera. I mean, it's but like uh, uh, Austin Reed. I'm pretty sure he's graduating. He still has to play his sophomore, yeah. junior, and senior year. So who but, Three years. Yeah, so he still has three <laughs> years. He'll be graduated, which is kind of weird, but, you know, that's just the world of COVID that we and, live in. And, you know, with Division Two athletes, it's very different than Division One sometimes in the fact that, you know, they'll have decisions to make. And we, we've seen this before, even with before COVID. We had some football players and other athletes along the way that had – a year of eligibility left, and they just said, well, I've graduated. I, I want to get out in the world. I want to work. I want to make money. I'm ready to start my career, whatever it is. And so it's a personal decision. You know, many of them, if they want to do grad school, maybe that's been in their plans, or maybe they just look at it and say, you know what, I'm not done playing yet. I want to come back and play again and get that opportunity. So, you know, and then that means decisions for coaches on recruiting and everything. There's only so much scholarship money to go around. But, it, you know, you look at this baseball team, for example, they had eight returning position players back from last year super strong and 
Um, you know, they're trying to capitalize on that. And there's going to be big changes in, all, in many of the programs around uh, on campus. And then, you know, next year or so, as, as some of these veterans cycle out and go out into the real world and do what they're going to do. But for now, though, we can focus on this baseball team. And really, I mean, I, you, what you saw last night, I think Lee is great. Um, both teams, their, their downfall has been shorter. They both lost series to shorter. But I think, you know, Lee is kind of finding out now late in the season how tough the GSC can be. I also wanted to ask, when it comes to the postseason for softball, where where do they really stand? Because I know right now I don't. I, they're not nationally ranked, correct? They're they're not nationally ranked, but uh, yeah, they are. They're, they're, I think they're twenty second or twenty fourth, so top twenty five. Yeah, somewhere in the nationals. But you, you really, and I, it, it's tough because we all get used to national rankings, and and it's really regional rankings that are important at this point in the season at the Division two level. And so to host, you're going to have to be at the top of your host to regional, you'd be at the top of your regional rankings, would be really tough for softball to do. Don't think that's even a possibility. So, um, you know, they're probably going to have to go on the road after the GSC tournament to play at somebody else's regional. And we, we hosted the regional, the super regional back in 2019 when we made the national tournament in Denver. So it's a little bit different road, but you, know, you just got to go out and beat who's in front of you. But to finish strong is really what softball is all about. And that starts today with the doubleheader. And then they'll play at 1 o'clock tomorrow to finish their series. So baseball went Friday, Saturday, softball goes Saturday, Sunday. A couple cool things today. It is the first 200 fans that come out to Jim Spooner Field. And the fourth, we've got T-shirts for them. Argonaut Athletic Nike T-shirts as, as Military Appreciation Weekend as well. So military, first responders, and their families get in free to all the games this weekend. And we're having a faculty staff picnic out there. We've got a lot of Little League teams baseball and softball coming out to enjoy the games. I expect this to be the biggest crowd we've had since we had to shut everything down with COVID more than a year ago. So this will, this will be a bit 80 degrees, sunshine, perfect day out there. The crowd was big last night too. It was loud last night. I'm pretty sure they came to see Ren Deputy. That was Yeah, that they was probably the came thing. to see the, the, you know, yeah. the, the deputy sheriff <laughs> and her deputy duties. Someone sat down no. behind me, and they were, like, yelling. And then they turned around and saw Will behind me, and they were like, oh, gosh, the guy behind us has a microphone. And I was like, <laughs> they are live streaming behind you currently, yes. and you are screaming. Um, you, no, it, hap- it happens basketball. Yeah. When, in the basketball end of the season, because there was really, you know, with limited, limited crowd, you could hear everybody in the room. And so it was, it was odd. I could hear somebody if they were sitting two rows behind me, every word they said, which is not normal. But no, Rand is right. Like last night you had um, one of the Little League teams that was there got up on top of the Argos dugout and chattering the whole game. And it, it, it was a different vibe and a different feel. I think we're even having the Argo Athletic Band come out today to play, which I, I, I can't remember ever having – a band at a baseball yeah, softball that, that, game. So that, it, it that'll be interesting. It, yeah, that doesn't really hit like a certain <laughs> mood that I've ever seen before. It should be interesting, though. I'll say, I'll say that. That's well, different. Well, those kids are desperate to play. You know, they, yeah, they have, you're right. They, they weren't able to do basketball season. Obviously, we lost football in the fall, so I think this is this is a great opportunity for them. It's, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere out there today, and and we'll, we'll you know enjoy it and come on out and. Catch some really good baseball. I mean, this you know this is as good as it gets in Division Two to see you know national championship contenders, two teams on the field that both I think are going to play deep into the postseason. Yeah, you, you're going to get some great baseball today. There's a lot going out over at the Spoon and the Fork today. Both going to be going up against Lee uh, for softball and baseball. So you're gonna, I'm going to be trying to attend at least one of these games earlier, to, uh, probably right after this show. I'm probably going to head over to UWF campus and try and catch about 30 minutes or an hour of one of these games to try and just catch. You know, bring your, bring, Bring the sunscreen, man. That's that's yeah. what I'm hearing from everybody. 
Make sure you're ready. Now bring the sunscreen, yeah, but make sure you're out there today. Uh, both those series start off at one for softball and baseball today, so make sure you're out there to catch those games. Uh, Will, I appreciate you for coming on, as always. I always enjoy talking to you about UWF Athletics. Anytime, fellas, and, and Ren Deputy, the future of <laughs> broadcasting right there. Hey, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that, most certainly. All righty. I know I didn't say anything, Will, but I was letting Justin take it all. Good talking to you, man. I, I, no, good to hear from all of you. We'll, we'll do it again soon. All right, appreciate it. Will Kennedy, the voice of UWF Athletics. We're going to go ahead and pay some bills. You're listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. Big thank you to Will Kennedy for joining and discussing what's going on with UWF baseball and softball. We have normally love it or hate it during the segment, but instead of doing that, we're going to actually sort of take that next hour mm-hmm. and we're going to turn it into like a, what, what were you calling it, I was Justin? calling it a bang or bust. Like bang which, or bust. which pick was a bang and which pick was a bust, you know? Uh, and this is pretty much, it's pretty much going to be mostly first round because, you know, second round, third round, it's like, you're not really getting these gems, really. You're getting guys who are potential gems, but they get, there's still a very good chance they could be a bust as well, which I will say this. Uh, Christian Barmore, any, I was, I, let's put this on the page. Anything that comes out of the Alabama University football team? University of Alabama. University of Alabama. I was, you know, I was saying that wrong because it's, it's Auburn University and then University of Alabama. That's how it goes. Anything that comes out of that football organization? Is a gem. I mean, I, yeah, I, it, it's almost a shoe. And right now, I know there's there's still question marks about Tua going in the next season. How is he going to play? Because he was sort of he was pretty inconsistent. I thought that you know what, I think I think Tua is going to be just fine. One of my good friends I do a podcast with thinks he's a bust and he's not going to do anything in the NFL. I couldn't disagree more. I clearly. Um Bill Belichick has just loved Alabama because he went Mac Jones one, then uh, Christian Barmore second, but he also loves Oklahoma because he got Ronnie Perkins at three and then Ramondre Stevenson also from Oklahoma as well. So, you know, Ronnie Perkins, very happy we got that pick because he's honestly pretty good, (laughs) if I'm being honest. I mean, his overall rank was 36, and he was the third-ranked defensive end, and he fell to the third round. So, you know, I was really happy to get him. Um, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, even though – I will say this. Um, probably our most stacked position the Patriots have is the running back spot because we have uh, DeAndre, Damian Harris. We have Sony Michelle. We have James White. Um, we have Rex Burkhead. There's so many different players that we, we run the ball with in this game. I, I know I'm missing one more, too. Um, and then so adding Ramondre Stevenson, who's 6 feet, 231, pretty good size for a running back, if you ask me. Um, adding him from Oklahoma, it, it's not a bad pickup, I'll say that. Uh, not really what I was looking for as a Patriots fan, if I'm being honest. Um, Danny Vitale, that's who it was I was missing. And J.J. Taylor. And just, yeah. We're about to wrap up to go to our top of the hour break. Then we'll come back. We'll discuss some of our, our, our drafts busts, some of the guys that we think are going to be uh, guys who are going to live up to the expectation. But just a quick review, our recap, Michael Carter out of Navarre High School in North Carolina goes to the Jets. Other big names like Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC receiver going to the Detroit Lions. And also Jabril Cox, a huge pickup for the Dallas Cowboys inside linebacker uh, out of LSU. He goes with the 115th pick. When we come back, bangs or busts coming up on Sports Call. 
1330 AM and 99.1 FM. A little bit of breaking news as the Pensacola Blue Wahoos announced their opening day roster. We'll start with the pitchers. And I would understand that these are probably some names you don't know, but there are a few that you should know. And if you don't, get ready. So for the pitchers, Tanner Andrews, CJ Carter, Jake Etter, Sean Gunter, Colton Hawk, Brandon Liebright, Liebrandt, Jeff Lindgren, Anthony Maldonado, Brian McKenna, Jose Mesa Jr., Max Meyer, Tyler Stevens, Will Stewart, Zach Wolf. Those are the pitchers for the Blue Wahoos. Catchers, Chris Chania, Nick Fortes, J.D. Osborne. Infield, uh, Lazaro Al- uh, Alonzo, Connor Justice, Riley Mahan, and Demetrius Sims. Uh, Justin, you're going to know this name. Outfield, J.J. Blade. I'm so excited. I'm for ready him, for that. Dude, I'm so excited. Uh, JJ Blade, one of the he was he was fourth uh, overall pick last year. He won't he, be here lot, much longer, guys. Let's just remember this. Let's, let's I know catch if him I, while we can. <laughs> like, look, if I can at least get one ride in the pine. So by the way, just so just so y'all know, I'm gonna actually finish this real quick. After JJ Blade, Peyton Burdick, uh, Jair Incarnacion, Victor Victor Mesa, Victor Victor Mesa. That's right. Uh, and Tristan Pompey. So that is your opening day roster for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Again, we are with the Miami Marlins affiliate. We are the Mar- Miami Marlins affiliate. So all these guys are starting at Double A. Double A is considered probably the most important step when it comes to your minor league career as you're moving up into the farm league system. But JJ Blade probably is one of the biggest names to hi- uh, you know to highlight. Uh, Max Meyer, familiar with that name as well. I think I'm familiar with Tyler Stevens. I'll have to go back and look up their names, but I think J.J. Blade is probably the biggest name on that roster up to this point. So if I can get a ride in the pine with somebody, uh, certainly I'd like to try and get Blade while he's here because I have a feeling he's going to be moving on here pretty soon. But just so you know, as a reminder, there are going to be COVID protocols. For the fans, it's basically... As long as the seat is not covered, not buffered off to keep you away from the players, you can sit in all the seats. Yep. It's it's pretty much, and I keep saying this, if you just take away the seats, let's say they t- grab the drills, they take out all the seats and per- give a buffer zone, it's 100% seating after that. But with the buffer zone, it's more like 97, 98% seating at the moment. So we're going to have that. Uh, they're also actually going to be doing service where if you rather than getting up and going to get your food, they're hiring servers to bring the food to you. Or you can just get up and go get the food yourself, which is something I would do. So the fan experience really is not going to be any different. It's going to be really fun. You're going to enjoy it. Go to the games. For media, it's a little different because normally we're allowed on the fields. And we're allowed to go out and interact with the players before games, which is such a cool perk. One of the be- one of the sole reasons why Love I wanted it. to get into media was because of that perk of being a lifelong baseball fan, being a lifelong sports fan. I've always wanted to be down there on the field with the players. And in media, you're allowed to do that. You get opportunities to do that. Obviously not during the game, unless you're a camera guy. But for the most part, before and after the game, we can go out on the field and hang out. Unfortunately, at least for right now, we can't really do that. And that's okay. I'm happy to be able to be there. I'm happy to say that the Blue Wahoos are back. I was excited just reading this roster right now. It's unfortunate that, you know, for those that follow my Ride in the Pine series, I know I actually I ended up having a lot of people follow it, which was really cool. Thank you guys so much. Unfortunately, I don't know as of right now if I can do that right now based on the COVID protocols. And it's not something that the Blue Wahoos are enforcing. They're not saying, no, Davis, like, screw you, you can't do Ride in the Pine. They're not saying that. In fact, they've actually been extremely helpful in helping me figure out a way 
in doing Ride in the Pine. But Major League Baseball is putting down these COVID rules that everyone has to abide by. For the fans, it really should be no different. For media, it is going to be a little bit different. But nonetheless, even if I can't do Ride in the Pine right away, and by the way, it changes as each month goes by. And with your local ordinances, if, if Pensacola continues to do well in COVID numbers, which we are, by the way, I think that uh, one day at some point during the season, I will get to continue the Ride in the Pine series. For right now, probably not. That's okay. I'm just excited that baseball's back. Yep, baseball is back. Blue Wahoos baseball is back. That's what's most important here in Pensacola because we have not had that in a very long time. Now, we're getting ready to see a whole new farm system come through our town, and I'm excited about it. Like we said, J.J. Blade, guys. J.J. Blade. Big name. Keep it. Th- he has name. a ring. And he was number four overall. It was literally the best player in all of SEC baseball. He's going to be here. And who knows for how long? Because I don't. That's for sure. Because minor league baseball was not played last year. So if we think about it, this was really... This is his first minor league season. Yeah. So the his thing is, first year of doing real organized yeah, baseball. The, I think they did, you know, developmental they games. Did, they, they did. They did all that stuff. So but the thing is, those those, those aren't games are they they're basing much off of. Now it is. So who knows how long we'll have JJ Bleday? Because I know when Dansby Swanson was in a similar seat, he was not on the Mississippi Braves for a very long time at all. That's why, like, when Mississippi Braves came to Pensacola, everybody was there for Dansby. Like and there was a, it was just a swarm of people around wherever dance you went they traveled on the bleachers. Yeah, just, they wanted to see that number one overall pick. I mean, the guy who you look at him now. I mean, like, hey, you know, it's, uh, he's he's a, he's, a, he's doing really well. He's, you know, he's yeah. he's a starting shortstop for the Braves. He's playing great baseball. Also, uh, Carolina just picked up Chuba Hubbard from uh, good pickup. Yeah, that's a good pickup. Uh, good pickup. I I did not really realize he was still available in the draft. Um, but yeah, you know, Chuba Hubbard was I think he he was a Heisman favorite at the beginning of this I year. Won't, no, well, at the beginning of the year, but then. Of course, there was the public rift between him and his head coach, and then he eventually just went but ahead he, he and opted was, out. He was one that was supported on that. That's the thing. Yeah, he was supported. But yeah. there was still a public rift that he had with his coach. And uh, it also opened up the discussion, you know, how involved should players be, especially in the lives of their own coaches? And, uh, you know, is that in true? Uh, the, the, basically, the defense for Coach Riley was, is that uh, – is. He has. Is that? Are you trying to fight against his First Amendment speech? You know, freedom of freedom of being able to enjoy what he wants to enjoy. It's stuff like that that was trying to be compatible. Chuba Hubbard, uh, for the most part, uh, he received more praise than flack for that. But regardless, Chuba Hubbard uh, getting drafted. That's a good. That's good for him. Uh, John Bates, Boise State tight end, gets goes to the Washington football team. Jordan Smith out of UAB, defensive end, going to the Jaguars. A good pick, by the way. I thought the Jaguars needed a defensive end. And uh, that's a familiar name that I know out of UAB. Don't know too much about him other than I just saw him in pre-draft discussions. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, Blue Wahoos baseball, it's back, officially back on uh, May 4th. That's going to that's gonna be an away game against the Mississippi Braves, but you can catch the game right here on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. But starting Monday, starting Monday, we have a new show coming to ESPN Pensacola, and it's called Wahoo Weekly with Chris Garagiola. You heard him last week. He was here uh, discussing the return of Blue Wahoo's baseball, but also did the uh, mock draft with us. But him and I are going to be starting a radio show. It's from 1 to 2 every Monday where we discuss mostly Wahoo's, but 
we get to also dive into some Major League Baseball talk. It's, you know, it's like a nice baseball show. Because I came to you about this last week before you hit the studio. I was like, yeah, we should start a Wahoo show. And you're like, oh, we're already doing that. Like, we're already like, doing that. I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. I was going to call it Wahoo's Wednesdays, but okay. <laughs> well, Monday, no, so Mondays work. Um, and yeah, Wahoo's Wednesdays. That, I mean, that, that rolls right off the tongue, one. right? Yeah. It actually, that sounds like a good like promotions night yeah. for dollar hot dogs or something. That would be a good one. But no, Mondays work because they don't have games on Mondays. So yeah. keep that in mind. If, you, if, if Mondays, for some reason, are the best night for you to go to a baseball game unfortunately this season might not be for you because they are not playing games on mondays however you can get your fill on the wahoos by doing wahoo weekly or yeah wahoo weekly uh, every monday from uh, one to two with chris garagiola and myself very excited to get this show going and i know chris is really excited this is his first dip into doing a radio show which is weird because usually most guys start radio and they build up to the other side yeah well chris comes from a a very uh, you know he comes from a baseball family a a baseball broadcasting family too not just players but uh baseball broadcasting family so he had that foot in the door but he had to work his way to get to where he Mm -hmm. got and now he gets to get into the talk show kind of things and it's a whole new world yeah, I know it, it is. Uh, I mean, this is where I started, but I'm trying to move over to where Chris is. You know, it's like I like kind of want to switch, like switch spots a little bit. You know, because I, I love doing the talk shows, but I don't know. After doing play-by-play for UWF baseball, I mean, I, I've I've I have found my new love when it comes to broadcast. It's fun. It really is. I, fun. You know, I I well, I want to try and do play-by-play for football as well, but I mean, football I don't know as well as baseball, so I think it's it really helped a lot developing into baseball as well. But man. Play by play is really where it's at. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fun gig, but I also love doing this as well. Just talking, you know. Actually, it's, it's fun. You mentioned that actually on um so on the home game, the first home game, which will be on March 11th. That's going to be um, against the Birmingham Barons. That's at home. We hope to see you all there. We'll be we'll all be out there. Yep. But actually, you'll catch me in the broadcast booth doing color commentary, but not with Chris because Chris is doing TV mm-hmm. with uh, our friends over at uh, Cox Sports. He'll be on TV. So Steve Nissim, formerly of Channel 3, he now works uh, with the Studer family group. Uh, he, him and I will be in the booth for ESPN Pensacola. So looking forward to that as we get that. Uh, how, how often are you doing that? Oh, uh, we're, we're still – I don't want to get too ahead of myself. We're, well, I'm hoping to get to do it at least once every homestand. Okay. I'm hoping. You know, we'll see. You know, we just we just, for right now, I'm, we're just trying to get a radio show launched for Mondays and also uh, so, doing mon- uh, that that first baseball game on Tuesday. So we won't be hearing Chris on our airways. We'll be not on not on that first home game because he will be doing TV. So okay, is TV going to be well? Okay, so now I'm confused. Well, so Cox Sports doesn't broadcast yes, every baseball yes, game. Yes, they, they do broadcast some, not yes. every. And so Chris will move over to TV to do that. And then, uh, actually, they really don't know who's going to be their full-time play-by-play guy, or I say full-time, part-time whenever Chris moves over. But at least for right now, just so I can get my feet wet more, uh, Chris and I are going to do occasional baseball games. But that's stuff that's, you know, we haven't really locked in place yet. For right now, at least that first game, I'm just happy to have Blue Wahoo's baseball back and get to get just have live baseball again. I also enjoy just being a fan Mm -hmm. because I know for a fact there are going to be days where I'm going to come here and not want to, not going to want to do anything with radio. I just want to be here to watch a good baseball game. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I'm just happy to have all that back. But I, I know that we're going to get into the uh, the draft once again. Also, something to look forward to. We have this Mother's Day promotion. This Mother's Day promotion, which by the way ends on Thursday at seven o'clock. It's ESPN Pensacola's My Mom's the Goat. 
is real simple. And it's so it's just so simple. All you have to do is take a picture or submit a photo that has already been taken. It's of you and your mom or someone that is your stepmom or perhaps somebody is a, a motherly figure in your life that you've always considered someone like your mom. Or maybe you know a, a mother who is so hardworking. She maybe works two jobs or she is constantly uh, doing everything she can to be just that awesome mom. And you want to nominate that person. You can feel free to text in that submission, a photo with the caption GOAT, as well as your first name, so that way we have an idea of who you are, and text it into 850-623-1330, or you can message us on Facebook if that's easier for you. You can do it now until Thursday at 7 o'clock. We have some really good prizes that come with this, too. Uh, you have a $50 gift certificate to Shan's Seafood Kitchen. Really good food. In fact, they've actually uh, provided food for some of our staff meetings in the past. They're awesome. Lil John's Big and Tall. So if your mom has that dress that really needs to get worked on, or maybe she has uh, some clothes that she needs to get hemmed, but wants it professionally done right, Lil John's Big and Tall, they do alterations over there. $50 for that as well. That will get the job done. Also, we have another sponsor because we've had a ton of submissions so far and another sponsor decided we want to join in on the fun. Okay, so Empathic Practice is donating a $200 gift card, $200 to Empathic Practice. They do a lot of good stuff over there. Uh, In fact, check them out because they offer so many services. I've gotten to meet their crew before. On our sister station at News Radio, they do really cool stuff. So that's $200 to Empathic Practice. You get all of that. All you got to do is submit to 623-1330. That's 850-623-1330. A photo of you and your mom or perhaps a photo of uh, a mother that's extremely deserving. And um, they're, they're, uh, your name, the one who's submitting your name, as well as the caption GOAT. And then you'll be entered into a random drawing. And we'll be drawing on Friday. Submit by Thursday, draw on Friday, and you can win all this stuff. That's the, my mom's the GOAT. My mom personally is the goat and I know uh, I have a feeling next week we're going to talk more about Mother's Day but in the meantime we're going to take a time out because when we come back we are going to dive into the NFL draft who are the busts that we think are going to be busting who are the people that are going to just completely bang they're going to do amazing things in the NFL we're going to dive into that next on ESPN Pensacola 1330 AM and 99.1 out to this song today that's awesome by the way i'm back in the gym well yeah you should be in that gym that gym is so nice i mean i have no excuses i literally have no excuses plus it was a promise i made amanda my fiance by the way if you're new to the show i made a promise to her that now that we live in this new place that has a three-story gym two stories that are accessible via stairs you have to take the elevator or staircase outside of the gym to get to the third story but i promised her i would be in the gym she she says, I really want you to try and bulk up a little bit more. Not so much go running all the time and flatten out. I Just bulk up a little bit more. But no, don't be massive. But just, you know, add a little bit more shape to you. So I'm like, I, I and I do agree that that's something I really need to do. But anyways, yeah, I, I worked out to that song earlier. Today I did bike and run. Uh, by the way, biking is a workout, man. It's like, it's, it's basically like a knockoff Peloton that's up there. But it is hard but a great workout nonetheless like i 
And when it's 8.30 in the morning and you're dripping sweat like crazy, that's a good start to your day is what I say. All right, anyways. The Saints might get a QB here. Possibly. They do need one. The Saints do need a quarterback. We're about to dive into we, our we have a banger couple, bus. We have, we have a couple decent ones left. I'm, the pick just went in, so I'm curious to see what this would be. And we are in the third round, by the way. Fourth round, sorry. Third round was yesterday. We are in the fourth round still. So let's see. They they have not picked a quarterback yet in this draft. Like no fourth round quarterbacks yet up to this point. So wait for the selection, the turnover here. Just um, they said team needs a quarterback wide receiver, and you know sometimes teams don't even care about that. They just go with their own personal preference, uh, and usually that is what. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised they don't pick one or one of the two. But uh, we have a couple of good quarterbacks still left here. It wouldn't be a bad time to pick one. Um, and we'll let you know when it comes in because uh, right now they're. They're, they're saying showing, the pick is in. They haven't shown it yet. They're showing Chuba Hubbard uh, is, is showing what his stats and everything right now because he was the last pick or the pick earlier in this draft. Because um, right now, think about the quarterbacks that are on the roster. Uh, Jameis Winston did return to the Saints. He signed another year deal. Uh, he then you also have uh, uh, you also have Taysom Hill who did start a few games last year. Over Jameis Winston, by I, the way. I doubt the Saints go for a quarterback right now just because there's so many better available players. They might pick up Shai Smith from South Carolina, actually, if they do, or, or Kay Johnson off South Dakota State. And according to Mel, uh, Mel Kuyper says that their biggest need right now is a quarterback. I, I wonder with Aaron Rodgers saying, which, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is at the Kentucky Derby. We're going to get into the Kentucky Derby before we close out this show because I – I'm going to be watching it later on. Already, by the way, my fiance already made plans for us. We are going to the Crawfish Festival later. And Lucky. if you're going to the Crawfish Festival, be sure you give a shout out to our sister station, Cat Country 98.7. They're out there. They're having a good time. But it looks like they went for an offensive tackle. Wait, did they go for an no, offensive the pick, tackle? The pick still hasn't came in yet. Okay. Well, anyways, let's go ahead and dive into the first round. We're just going to go right down the list, and we're going to say bang or bust. And I'll, Ren, do you want to join in on this? She doesn't want to join in on this. She's, turn your mic on. Yeah, turn your mic on. I'll join in on a few of them. I have right. many opinions. Okay, well, let's see. We'll start off first. You know, ranked, right down the Ranked first in this position, ranked first overall, 97 grade, Trevor Lawrence, bang or bust? I'm going to go bang. I think, I think it's going to be a bang uh, in, in, for like, his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, first year right off the, right off the gate, right out of the gate, no, I think it's going to be slow moving at first, but no, I think bang. All right, sure. let's go. Zach Wilson for the Jets. Bang. I love Zach Wilson, by the way. I think if you could compare him to anything, it's not a fair comparison, but I do lightly compare him to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It's hard. There's really no other Patrick Mahomes out there. He is a generational quarterback, unbelievable talent, but Zach Wilson, I think, closely compares to it. I have him as a bang, even though he's with the Jets. I have him as a bang as well, actually. Uh, just, I love his. Oh, they went for Ian Book, so we were right. Quarterback. Oh, quarterback. Yep. Yep, there you go. They went Ian Book. Uh, very not. I'm so, not surprised at all that they went for a six-foot quarterback. Yeah, they, they, they went for a quarterback that's similar to Drew Brees. The best available quarterback right now is Jamie Newman. Second was Ian Book, so they went for Ian Book instead. And Sam Ellinger and also uh, Felipe Franks are both still available as well. But, uh, yeah. Well, I I don't know if I would have went for him right now just for the fact that your next well okay yeah probably you do because your next the Saints next pick doesn't come to round six actually so that's probably a good idea by then to try and get that quarterback now because I doubt we're probably about the the 
top three available quarterbacks are probably going to be gone by the next time their pick comes about. So good job by them going now for a quarterback. Uh, let's see. And Ian Book, he does have potential. I will say that. Um, right. Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance, I got bust. I got bust as well. I got bust, although I, I – I, when I say bust, I always hate saying it because I always want people to succeed. We all want them to I succeed. Just we just, right we're now. just giving our opinion of what's going to happen. Uh, this is probably, in my opinion, the, what will be the biggest success of the first round of the draft, Kyle Pitts. All right, Kyle Pitts, for, that's, to me, if there's ever a bang, he's the guy. Yeah. This guy is a surefire bet. He's an unbelievable talent. He, you don't find many six foot six tight ends that run a four three or four four. You know that's the, almost unheard of. Kyle Pitts can do that and then some. So for sure, bang. Jamar Chase going fifth overall out of LSU to the Cincinnati it, Bengals. Do I think he'll be a good receiver? Yes. Do I think it was the right pick? No. But because of the fact that you he won't have any time to throw still. Um, Jamar Chase will be successful somewhere around his career as well. Uh, so I think he's, he will be a bang. I think I think a bang for him. I love this next pick. Jalen Waddle to go join Tua. It's a great pick. The Dolphins need a young, good receiver, and he's great. Parker, he had an okay season, but he's still not not your guy. So, yeah, I'm going bang on Jalen Waddle. I'm going bang on Jalen Waddle. Panay Sewell out of Oregon. I mean, he joins the Lions. I mean, hey, you're, you're this, there's no team could pick this guy and it'd be a bad pick. All right, let's let's put it that way. Yeah, I have a I have a bang for him. J.C. Horn, which I was a little surprised they went J.C. Horn this early, and his he's the son of Joe Horn, who's famous for the cell phone call after he yeah. scored a touchdown for the New Orleans Saints. J.C. Horn uh, apparently did not get a whole lot of coverage mm-hmm. after his pick came through, and Joe Horn made it known that he was very disappointed about that. But this guy is an all around talent. I'm going to say bang for South uh, uh, for uh, Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to say bang as well, and I'm going bang for this next guy as well, Pat Sertan. Uh, I figured I, I had Carolina take a Pat Sertan, which Jay, they ch- chose J.C. Horn uh, instead, which I was like, okay, that's fine. Pat Sertan's the best corner in this draft, though. I'll put that out there right now um, because when you look at it, look at South Carolina's, you know, pass allowed per game, and then look at Alabama's. I mean, Pat Sertan was a big reason why Alabama's was so low. So, yeah. Uh, then we have, I'm going bang on Pat Sertan. Bang on Pat Sertan. Devontae Smith is an interesting one. I, w- I, so I, I did a podcast yesterday with some of my friends, and we discussed Devontae Smith. I thought Devontae Smith could have gone to the Dolphins, but I also think that he dropped a 10 because his size is a factor. He, you know what? He's very skinny, but yet he won all these accolades, right? So he's continuing to show that his size doesn't matter. He can play. But at the NFL level, it just seems to matter. So I think that's why I dropped down to 10. I think his speed, his athleticism is going to make up for a lot. Also, I think he'll put on some weight when he's with the Eagles. I have him uh, as a bang for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I do too, actually, now that I mention it. And oh, by the way, as we go down further on the list, there's going to be some guys where I have no idea like I don't know enough about him to really say what they're going to do. Also, when you're an offensive lineman, how many people watch a football game and they're like, oh, that, what a great block by that offensive lineman? Not Most people, I think, don't unless you're really a football guy. And I'm not, not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm such a football guy and I know everything about it. I don't. But that's why I also just love kicking back and watching it and enjoying it. We watch what the quarterback does, what the running back does. We watch what the defensive lineman does. Mm-hmm. They can bust through the line and tackle the quarterback or the awesome receiver, the kicker even. The kicker gets their own spotlight. So as we continue to go down the list, just understand some of these people, for me, just a 
throw up. We'll yep. see what happens. But this next guy, though, everyone's going to have their eyes on him. Justin Fields out of Ohio State going to the Chicago Bears. I not see this coming, but I think as of right now, he's the best quarterback in that room. I think some people are saying he's going to be a bust. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he will be a bang. He's way too talented. I'm one of those people. He is a bust. Okay. Um, We've, we finally disagreed on something. Because here's the thing. Look at how much they have struggled with quarterbacks. I mean, you've had guys who have been successful. You have Nick Foles, one of the, like literally has won a Pro Bowl MVP. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl MVP. You have Andy Dalton. He's been successful. He's gone to the playoffs. Mitch Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> but Justin Fields, uh, he, he has potential, yes. But the thing is, I don't think it's more of a quarterback problem. I think it's more of a coaching problem. I think they're not building these quarterbacks properly. And uh, I think they're just expecting these guys to be you know, these NFL quarterbacks coming straight in. And I think the Bears might be a demise for Justin Fields because it's going to put a blemish on him because they won't coach him properly, in my opinion. So I think he will be a bust. All right. Well, you know what? I, again, I for all these guys that we say are busts, I hope they're really not. But sometimes you'll, you, you're going to have that's, that's you're going to have people. You know, Jamarcus Russell. A lot of people thought he was going to be great. That's but. coming from an Ohio State fan. I want to make that clear as well. So you know, let's put that out there. And yeah. by, the last time an Ohio State quarterback, right. Dwayne Haskins, went first round. And I th- Ohio State quarterbacks haven't fared he, too well. I thought he was going to be a bang as well. So you know, um, and for the record, Joe Burrow is an LSU quarterback, not Ohio State quarterback. So you, if you're an Ohio State fan and you're trying to claim Joe Burrow, and eh, no you one's can't, try, no one's trying to claim him. You can't. Um, Micah Parsons, I'm this, going bust. Uh, I'm going bust. What? Actually, he's a bang. I'm, I'm, I'm going bust. <laughs> Are you why? Because I got to have a bust in there somewhere. Gotta, but he's some, not the guy. At some point, you're he's not have the a, guy. <laughs> I think Micah Parsons might be a bust for for the Cowboys. I, I just don't see. And I'm not going to explain why, because I really don't know why, but I just have to throw one out there. (laughs) Look, here's the thing. They had Kamora as the best available linebacker in this draft. Kamora didn't go until third round, I think. Uh, I had Micah Parsons. I've had Micah Parsons as a top linebacker this entire year. If you watch his last game versus Memphis, this guy is an absolute force to be reckoned with. He's too, uh, how big is he? I mean, I think he is, he's what? He's 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 246, 6'3". He runs a 4'3'8". Runs a four three eight. That's terrifying. Terrifying. Look, this guy is not a mess on the field. He's gonna be a great guy and he's gonna learn so much and he's just gonna get better and better. Michael Parsons, he's a bang. All right. Rashawn Slater, Northwestern. Bang. I got him as a bang for sure because they need a really talented offensive tackle to help protect their future quarterback. He had a fantastic year last year, and yet they needed to improve on that offensive line. They went for the best that they could get. I think Rashawn Slater is going to be a bang. Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive guard. I have him uh, with the the Jets. I actually have him as a bang. I have him as a bust just because when you look at the USC, they don't go up against much – their pass the pass rush isn't really that great, uh, so you know I don't feel like he's really seen high high level competition when it comes to the pass rush. I think Vera Tucker, you know, he has potential. He has great size. I mean, anybody that's a lineman that's six five, three hundred plus, they have potential. I just don't know if Vera Tucker's gonna be that great. Also, I don't know much about linemen, and it's hard to keep track. Yeah, of it's basketball. again, like, we, you, we're being very open about this. We don't know enough about everything when it comes to offensive linemen or even not players on defense. Some of the guys that really stand out, we get to see them more often, but I'm not we're not going to sit here and be pretentious. We 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 know what we know, we don't we know what we don't or we know we don't know what we don't know, so all that stuff. All right, next one, your guy, Mac Jones. I have him as being a bang. I I think that he's very close to 
Tom Brady in a way uh, when it comes to certain characteristics. I'm not going to say he's talented as let's, Tom let's, Brady. Let's but just look at him. Compared to, compared to Brady coming out of college, compared to Mac Jones coming out of college, they're very similar in my opinion. Um, and, you know, they're going to – and you have a guy in Josh McDaniels who's very, very strong when it comes to his offensive mindset. And you have a guy in Bill Belichick who created and, you know, went through everything with Brady and built that mindset as well. So Mac Jones, it should be a bang. Um, but there's still a chance this could be a bust, and I hate to say that. Uh, Zayvon Collins, I have him as a bust. Zayvon Collins – uh, he went to the Cardinals. I looked at this as a good pickup. I have him as a bang. I have him as a bang. Um, I, I thought that that was a really solid pickup for them. I thought they were going to go defense. I thought they were going to go defensive end, but they went they don't, outside well, linebacker. The they don't, Still a great pick. They don't need anything on the defensive line when you have Chandler. Well, Chandler Jones is a linebacker. Excuse me. But, I mean, you don't really need something on the defensive line. By the end. way, Marco Wilson out of Florida going to the Arizona Cardinals. Now you think he would have went earlier if uh, the shoe is, throw? If he doesn't throw the shoe, I, I think I think they let that go. I don't know. I really think they let that go. But the thing is, because he had such a good pro day, the dude put up numbers. Then talk. Okay, let's just say that maybe that did affect his. Look, I, I don't care what anyone says. It doesn't matter how athletic you are. What you do, attitude wise, affects you greatly in every sport. Going in a, from high school to college and college to pro, it affects you greatly in every sport. I, if you watch the movie Draft Day. I've actually never seen draft day, but okay. I heard it's awesome. Well, when you look at the draft day, they don't just look into a player on the field. They look into him how he acts off a of field as well. And, you know, how is he going to run his – because that's what Randy Moss was bounced around so many times because of his attitude towards coaches off the field, how he acted on the field. What the Because, you know, he would showboat these other things. You know, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's swag, but it's also disrespectful. It's immature. So, you know, they look into that type of stuff. Kadarius – I mean, not Kadarius. Marco Wilson, I mean, that's huge. Speaking of – we'll get to that pick in a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex Leatherwood. Bang. bang. I, already, I already said bang yeah, at the beginning of the show. Bang. Now, this guy for me, he's a huge bang. You want to know why? Brian Flores, very good de- defensive coach. He had the best defense in the country at one point uh, with the Patriots. I say country, uh, league. Uh, yeah, Jalen Phillips going to Miami. He's very strong when it comes to building mm. these defense. I have mm. him as a bang. I have him as a bust, and here's why. He can't stay healthy. He cannot uh, stay healthy. Yeah. He's an injury-prone player, talented when he's healthy. I have him as a bust for fear, out of fear that he can't stay healthy. Okay. Well, so, this next guy though, out of Kentucky, an interesting story out of Jamin Davis, inside linebacker. He was really only a one-year starter. He's in fantastic shape, and they say that the ceiling is high for him because as he continues to play, he continues to improve. But here's the deal: when you get to the NFL, you sort of already have to. Be there. That's not the case for everybody, though. No, that's not the case. Some people, some people don't do that amazing in college, and they somehow get in the league and they flourish. It, it's incredible it, it's how that different. works. I mean, and that's in every sport too. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Jamin Davis. If he has that upside, I don't know enough about him, but I'm going to say bang. I, I got him as a bust. Um, I feel like if you're looking for an inside linebacker here, you went with the wrong guy. You should have gone Kamora, uh, or K- I think it's Kamora or Kara. I don't really know how to say his name. I don't. The Notre Dame linebacker. Yeah, I feel like that would have been the perfect pick for them. And they went for Jamin Davis, who has great size. I will say that. It's just They say people like to comment on his abs. They say he has amazing abs. Cool. Like well, he's shredded. That's not showing the football field that much, really, for being honest. Now, core strength is huge, but um, that's not showing the football field. Um, he, he is very agile, though, and he has good speed, too. All right. and, and this will be good for, for the front seven of Washington because it would go in with Chase Young as well and then Montez Sweat, which is like those, those – 
pass rush? Oh, look out. So this one we get, okay, now we got to kind of rush through because we do have to take a break. Yep. Darius Tony, I, I, I am so nervous about him in a way, but I do have bang. him as a bang. Bang. Quiddy Pay, defensive end, going to the Colts. Bang. Bust. Okay, you say bust. Caleb Far, Farley. Bust. Bust. Christian Darisaw. Out of Virginia, also out of Virginia Tech, offensive tackle for the Vikings. I have him as a bang, bang, and and I've been calling this next pick for months before the draft. Najee Harris to the Steelers, and I was right; uh, it happened. Yep. I, we could go pull the tapes if you want to question me. Big time, uh, big time, bang. Yeah, this is huge. I, I mean, have, I have big time, bang. This pick was screaming perfect for Alan, uh, for perfect for uh, the Steelers, and they did it, and I'm so impressed on it. Uh, Travis Etienne to the Jaguars. All right, I have him as a uh, as a bang. I have his career as a bang. I have him as a bust for the Jags. Okay. Well, okay. then that, they better figure that out quick. Yeah. Because his career could get ruined just by being with one team. Right. Uh, Greg Newsom, the junior, I have that as a bang. I have that as a bang as well. Great pickup for the Browns. Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota going to the Ravens. I have that as a bust. So do I. I have that as a bust as well. Peyton Turner. Well, but they, Okay, I do want to mention, say, why do the Ravens have to go for a receiver? They have a ton of receivers. It's like the Bucks going for a receiver. They, they didn't need receiver. it. They needed a receiver. I don't, they, they don't. Rashad yeah. Bateman, I think, it's, I think he gets drowned out at the Ravens. I don't know if he gets... The, the right amount of receiving uh, opportunities, I should say. All right, Eric, Peyton Turner out of Houston, defensive end, going to the Saints. I actually thought they were going to go for a receiver. They did not. Really? I have him. I have Peyton Turner as a as a as a bang. I don't really know much about him. Um, well, here's the thing. Yeah, it was a smart pick. You went for the right position because Cam Jordan's getting old. Um, we who else am I missing off the Saints? Uh, Saints defensive line. I just blanked completely. Uh, but, yeah, Cam Jordan's getting old. I will say that. And so, you know, you, you need a defensive end for your future. But Peyton Turner, I just don't think was the right guy. I mean, you still had um, Barmore for your D-line from Alabama. He was available still. Could have gone him. Uh, so not really the greatest pick. Eric Stokes for the Packers. Um, seeing what they've done with uh, Alexander, yeah, he's a bang. I think he's a bang. A good, a good pickup on – uh, the defensive on the defense. I'm gonna say the defensive end, not defensive end, but on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's a good one. Now, the next pick. So, so I say, I say, bang. Uh, Gregory Rosso, out of Miami, defensive end, going to the Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna say bust. I don't know. Now, I don't know if there's enough there. This guy kind of took over Jalen Phillips' spot when Jalen Phillips got hurt, and he he, he played up to the role. I think it's a great pick for the Buffalo. I'm kind of iffy, but I, I'm going to go bang. So the next pick, we have two picks to go before we take our break. Okay, Adafe Awea. Uh, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I don't. I did not. I did not hear his name being pronounced during the draft. I was actually fell asleep at that point. He's an outside linebacker at a Penn State. Going to the Ravens. Actually, I, I don't really know anything about him. So I feel like it's unfair for me to say they're going to be a bust if I don't know anything about him. I do. I'm going to say. He is going to be a bang. I watched him play, and he played that linebacker spot good. I just wasn't impressed for it on an NFL level. So I'll be going bust when it comes to away. Uh, now for to wrap it off, your Bucks picking up Joe Tryon out of Washington, the outside linebacker. I'm going to say huge bang. Huge. Bang. I, I, know, I This is a guy I do know about. Um, when they picked him up, I was a little surprised. He's an outside linebacker. Earlier I was saying inside linebacker. Uh, I meant outside linebacker. I didn't think that was a... Uh, I didn't. I did not think that was a position we really needed to address at this time. I thought the. I thought 
uh, offensive line probably could have been a great route. But seeing all the videos of this guy, he, I mean, and clearly the Bucks being a defensive-minded team, they saw enough in him to where they wanted to go ahead and grab him. They didn't think he was going to stick around too long. The, I, I have him being a bang. The thing is, I was fine with them going for anybody on defense, and a linebacker was honestly probably one of the best. The best. Oh, 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 Josh Ball just got picked up by the Cowboys. That's a Marshall guy. We have a draft pick. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's a, that's huge for us. We always it's very rare when we get draft picks, but Josh Ball, second team, um, all American actually. So very good, very good, very very good. I love that so much. Congrats, Josh Ball. Going awesome. to miss you. Going to miss you very very much on our uh, our amazing O line that we had. Anyways, going back to the Bucks and uh, Joe Tryon. I like this pick a lot just because they do need something on defense, but I don't know if they should have done this early. I would have gone for something on the O-line. Uh, you still had a couple good guys there available for the Bucks when it, get, when it got around to it. Um, you know, you, then you hit quarterback in the next in your next pick, which that was a good pick. Um, let's be honest. The Bucks struggled early, in, early, early last year when it came to their linemen a little bit. And, you know, it seemed it tightened up a lot. But the thing is, Brady's only gets going to get slower and slower. Let's be real. So, you know, we, you got to protect him if you want him back there as much as you possibly can. So I would have gone for the alignment, but I will call him a bang. All right. Those are our bangs and busts. If you want to share yours, feel free to chime in at 623-1330. You can call or text that phone number. We're going to take a timeout. You're listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. It's chills every time you hear that horn go off, that trumpet at Churchill Downs. That's the call to post. That means the horses are walking to the track. They're getting ready to go and win the Kentucky Derby, which is like the masters of horse racing. This is the Kentucky Derby. It's today. It's going to get underway around 5.50-ish, around in that area. It's odd times when they do go, but... If you are going to be watching the Kentucky Derby, these are the horses that are going to be participating, and then these are the horses that uh, we want to keep our money on. So for me, I try to do a $10 bet every single year. I don't know enough about horse horse racing to where I can really make a lot of money because mm. I'm smart about how I do it. My brother does this way more often than me. As for me, I just like to take $10 and put it on one horse because if I lose $10, then guess what? I'm okay. It's $10. I, uh, Davis, you could have given that to a charity. You could have put that in your savings. You could have invested that into something meaningful. It's $10, okay? Get off my back. Here we go. Here are the horses that are going to be racing. Dylan yep. Moses is still available for Alabama, too. That's, oh, yeah. That's a huge Dylan one. Moses, who, I, who was, uh, had a devastating injury a couple of years ago, came back. Uh, yeah, D- Dylan Moses is still available. All right, back to the horse racing. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the first in the first slot, known agenda six and one odds. 
that's that's enticing. Six and one odds. Mm-hmm. That, that can win me sixty bucks. All right, like the king at fifty to one odds. These are the people that are just likely not going to win. But okay, number two, like the king. Number three, Brooklyn Strong at 50, 50 to one odds. Number four, keep in mind, keep me in mind. That's fifty to one odds. Five is Saint Hood at fifty to one odds. Six, Obesos twenty to one odds. Mandaloon or Mandaloon at fifteen to one odds in the seven slot. In the eight slot, Medina Spirit. 30 to 1 odds. Number 9, Hot Rod Charlie at 8 to 1 odds. Very interesting story there. I'm going to tell you in a second. 50 or at uh, 15 to 1 odds in the 10 slot, Midnight Bourbon. 11 is Dynamic One at 20 to 1. Helium at 50 to 1. Number 12, number 13, Hidden Stash 50 to 1. That's a funny name. Yeah. The favorite essential quality. That's 2 to 1 odds. That means if I put $10 down, I'd win $20. Not really worth it for me when it comes to putting some money down. But if you're putting big money down, that's where it can come through. So if you're putting down $1,000, you you can win another $1,000, okay? But I'm not going to put down $1,000. I could I could actually use that $1,000 if I say so myself. At 5 to 1 odds, Rock Your World, number 15. King Fury is the 20 to 1 in the 16 slot, however, was scratched due to running a fever. Number 17, highly motivated at 10 to 1 odds. So, this one's funny. Soup and sandwich at 30 to 1 odds. Number 19, uh, Barbonic, Bourbon, uh, Barbonic at 30 to 1 odds at number 20. So the favorite is, like I had mentioned before, essential quality. But the horse that I am putting my $10 on, this needs to be a sponsored segment next year. Davis's 10 bucks. My $10 is going to Hot Rod Charlie at 8 to 1 odds. This is an interesting story. I actually watched uh, I watched a little bit uh, of a documentary, if you want to call it that, earlier today. The or- the horse is uh, the horse is uh, owned by five best friends who all went to Brown University. They're Ivy Leaguers. They play they played football with each other. These are guys that are just bros, by the way. These guys are just bros. But Hot Rod Charlie qualified because he won the Louisiana Derby, which by the way is a beautiful track. I've been to the Louisiana Derby. It's right in New Orleans, but it's just hidden in a neighborhood. You can easily miss it. But it's a really cool track. So uh Hot Rod Charlie, nicknamed Chuck, won the Louisiana Derby, qualified for this. The the bros, as I've been calling them, were interviewed earlier today, um, and these guys are just really excited to be there. They're all like in their twenties. They they're I think they all like run a business or something like that. They went to Brown, so odds are they're really successful. But they own Hot Rod Charlie. They feel really really good about this, and they say and right now they say Hot Rod Charlie actually is a horse who has a legitimate shot at winning this. And if you look at the odds, is the fourth favorite to win. And anything can happen at the Derby. So if uh, this is a, a horse that is getting a lot of hype, uh, I think I want to put my 10 bucks behind it. So my $10 bet is going to be Hot Rod Charlie at 8 to 1 odds. Can walk away with $80 in my pocket if a Hot Rod Charlie were to win. Now, you can do more with these bets. Uh, my brother likes to do uh, you know, like the, the thing where you can... Get, get, you can guess who comes in first, second, and third. That can win you a ton of money. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to take the horse that's going to win, and that's Hot Rod Charlie. So Davis Allen's $10 is on Hot Rod Charlie. Fun fact, actually. The Derby posted how you figure out your Derby horse name on their Instagram. The, yours is um, Rock Ocean. Why is that, mine? That was you pick the letter of your first name and your last name. Okay, so DNA, Rock Ocean. I wouldn't name my horse Rock Ocean. 
What would you guys? Because a horse can't just be named Chuck. Like the nickname of this horse is Chuck. It's Hot Rod Charlie, but you can't give your horse a name like Stan. It has to have like a a real name, like Stanley's Cup, is what you could name your horse. I I so my dog's name is Mo- my parents' dog's name is Molly, and I remember watching the Kentucky Derby one year, and I always thought the name Good Golly Miss Molly would be a great horse name. I don't know why. I always thought that was a fun horse name. It's the name of a song, but I thought it would be a great horse name as well. Now I'm thinking of a horse name. Exactly, right? It's like if you had a horse, like Justin, okay, this room, this room right here, we all invest like $2,000 each on a, on a prize-winning horse. And by the way, that's cheap. If we were to get a horse for six grand and we win a race, we profit immediately. So let's think about this. We buy a six-grand horse. One of the horses in here, by the way, is a $5,000 horse that won a race, and they won forty grand. So they profited right away. So we have $6,000 to put towards a horse. What are we naming our horse? And it has, let's say it's radio-related. Hot mic. You're putting me on the spot. And I have to think a little bit. Hot mic. Um, like, what are like some radio euphemisms? Live on air. Horse. Opal olive. What? <laughs> I don't know. I just, just, I just read the board. Opal and an olive. Oh, yeah. Opal is the name of a, one of our systems on here that yep. allows you to be um, on the air. I think I like hot mic. Like, hot that, mic. That, that seems to, that, that could work. And it's spelled as like M I C, not M I C K, or M I or M I. That's M I K E. I mean, that's hot Mick. Hot Mike. I think I like hot Mike. And then you put a little emoji next to it. That's right. It's 2021, baby. All right, we can't really waste too much time because we do have to take one more timeout. It's our final timeout of the show. And while we're in the break, Justin can think about yeah, I'm thinking his hard, guys. Name for the horse that we are never going to buy. This is Sports Call Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 991 FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 991 FM, taking you back over to the draft really, really, really quick just to see what our last last picks have uh, been. Because we we haven't Marco Wilson, like we mentioned earlier, uh, he was drafted. Ian Book out of Notre Dame going to the Saints. Marco Wilson to the uh, like uh, we said that he went to the Cardinals. Josh Ball, Marshall guy going yep. to Dallas. So good for you, uh, Jacob Harris out of UCF. Chad would be happy to know he's going to the Rams. Royce Newman out of Ole Miss. Joshua Kando out of Florida State, defensive end going to the Chiefs. Tyree Gillespie out of Missouri going to the Raiders. A lot of movement going on. Go on ESPN. In fact, after this. We're going to the draft. Just stick around, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.